Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. Hello everyone, it's Sue Barber. I'm so excited to invite you back to the Visibility Factor podcast. Today, I have a wonderful guest for you. Her name is Laura Brown and I'm just going to read her biography really quick and then we'll get into some amazing conversation. Laura Brown is a corporate trainer, author, speaker, and certified business coach with more than 20 years of experience in global human resources and management development. Laura spent nine years delivering coaching and training to high-potential female leaders from Fortune 100 companies through Women Unlimited. She's written for Forbes and has been quoted as a business expert in major publications including Cosmopolitan, Family Circle Magazine, and USA Weekend. Laura is the author of 10 books, I'm so jealous, 10 books, including Why Can't You Communicate Like Me, How Smart Women Get Results at Work, and her latest, Increase Your Income, Seven Rules for Women Who Want to Make More Money at Work. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. I am delighted to be here. What an impressive biography. My goodness. That's, that's, I aspire to be more like you every day. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> Oh, you are so funny. You are amazing. And I am just so delighted to be talking to you today. All right. Well, let's get into your latest book and let's talk about that. I love the approach you use with the seven rules and how you weave them throughout the book. It's really fascinating how you've done that. Can you share why it was important for you to write this book for women? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, research shows over and over again that women still are not asking for raises and still are not asking for money when they get a job. And so that keeps us from, you know, gaining salaries. So again, if you, you know, get an offer for a job and men are more likely to negotiate and get a higher salary, so maybe they get an extra 5%, 10%, and women are not likely to do that, we're already behind. And so this is a pet peeve of mine that it's 2022 and women are still only making 83 cents for every dollar men are making. And so to me, I mean, I wanna change that. And I wanna get this message out to as many women as possible that not only should you be negotiating, it's okay to be negotiating because a lot of women are really nervous about that. So that's why I wrote the book, to change all of that. I love that because I've been working with a lot of women who are changing jobs and I'm challenging them. I have you in my ear. I'm challenging them to go back and say, you know, what do you think that you're really valued at, right? Let's look at what the market will bear, where you are, what your job is. And I had this one woman who I love her to pieces and she was probably being severely underpaid where she was already. And she said, Sue, if I get this job and I get what we just talked about as a salary, it's life-changing for me. Yes. And I said, yes, let's ask for it. Yes. And they gave it to her. Mm -hmm. And I'm so, so excited for her. So what you're talking about is absolutely true and it works when you do it. So the one section that I loved in your book is the reasons that hold women back because I saw myself in some of these. So I'm just going to share a couple. I don't want to give everything away. But when I think about in my time in corporate, I didn't see my own value. 
And I wasn't thinking about how to portray that. And I assumed, and here's just a couple examples for the listeners. My boss would do the right thing and give me the salary that I deserve. My boss knows what I want because I'm sure we've talked about it somewhere. I'm not worth the money that I'm asking for. And I didn't want to upset anyone. So what if I ask and they say no, and then it becomes awkward? So those were the things going through my head. There's many more in the book that I know people will resonate with too, but what's the best way to help people move past these challenges? Well, there are a lot of ways. Here's, here's the, the question I always ask the women that I'm coaching. What would a successful guy do? And it's a really weird question, but immediately what tends to happen is, oh, well, a guy would ask or a guy would do this. And then I sort of look at them and we both laugh a little bit like, okay, so you know what now, by the way, my question is not what would a guy do? Because I don't care what a guy would do. What would somebody successful in your company, typically a man, what would that person do? And so, so many of us know what a successful person would do, but we don't do it. And then becomes, okay, so what's stopping you? And then we get into questions about, okay, like what are your beliefs? And you know, why are you saying that? And then we get into, how do we turn that around if you think my boss will be mad at me? Well, I can actually help people turn that around and your boss won't be mad at you. And I know from my many years in human resources, your boss would be happy to try and get you a raise rather than have you quit and go someplace else, which is what most women do. They say, it's too hard to ask for a raise. I'm just going to go and look for another job because I can probably get a better salary someplace else. Wow, that's such an important point because think about the cost of yes. hiring another person, right? Yes. That's so expensive. So yeah, the manager would definitely want them to be happy and supported and feel like they're getting the value that they deserve. And I also think it's important for people to think about the engagement level, right? If you walk into an organization, you're going to be much more engaged if you're getting what you're worth. And that's the time to ask for it because it's much harder to get higher salary. A merit raise sometimes is only your cost of living increase. It's not much more. So you need to ask up front and get it so you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yes. And by the way, one thing, I wanted to go back to something you said. So you were you were coaching this woman. She said that it would the money would be life-changing. So I've got a tip for your audience. So, and so this is, this is a, such a key one. So when you get a salary offer, what do we ne- typically think? We typically think, okay, I, the answer is yes or no. That's not the answer. After you get the salary offer and after you say how delighted you are and you know you're going to be a great fit and you're going to bring lots to the company, you pause and say these four words, is there any flexibility? And then you stop talking because what that does is it opens it up. But don't then say, I know it's not a good time, or I know that it's the top of the, whatever, because we talk ourselves out of it, okay? So don't do that. But I had a woman, this, this was a month ago, um, that she said, well, it's a government job, they're never going to, and I said, say it anyway. She said it, that started a negotiation, she got a 15% increase. 15% over what she had initially been offered. She didn't think it was possible and she started the job two weeks ago. So th- now will it always work? No, but will it work a lot of times? Yes. But it will never work if you don't ask. <laughs> exactly, exactly, thank you. That's exactly oh, it. I love, love, love this. Okay, so the other part that I thought was really interesting in your book is you talk about the types of bosses that people may have 
and how to have conversations with them about money or salary or raises based on their type. Can you share a little bit about that and how that's working for people? <laughs> yeah, so so basically one of my books was all about the fact that there are four communication types. And the idea is that people are either like focused on feelings or facts, or people are very fast paced or more thoughtful. And based on that, you come up with four communication styles. And the idea is, that many times our boss may be a different communication style. And so for example, I might get really excited and and talk about all the ideas I've come up with, but my boss might be very analytical and might be like, yeah, but where are the numbers? And so if I just talk the way I'm comfortable, it's not gonna get my message across. But once you recognize, okay, my boss just wants the numbers. This is how he or she likes to communicate. Basically, then you're speaking in their language. And it really does make a difference. Even you can make the slightest differences like speeding up or making your emails more fact-based or less fact-based, whatever it is, all you're trying to do is do a, make an adjustment to match them a little bit more so they hear you. And it makes a huge difference with people. Yeah, I can see that. I, that's really good. I hadn't thought about it from a salary perspective. I do teach that or talk to people about that from a presentation standpoint, like understanding your audience and who's there and how are they going to receive the information. And it may be different than yours. So I love it, like moving it over into the salary negotiation too. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Uh, I also thought it was really kind of fascinating. You talk about not only people in a corporate environment that most people might think about salary negotiation, but also people who are, you know, much like me, like you, an entrepreneur who is going into an organization and really talking about what they can provide and how that can help that organization. How has that been for people? Have you heard from any entrepreneurs how they're leveraging it and what are they doing? Yeah. So it's so interesting. So whenever I talk to entrepreneurs and I say, one of the issues I hear from entrepreneurs is raising prices. And I mean, I, and I'm an entrepreneur, so I know how scary that is. And immediately they're like, oh yeah, this is so hard. And especially with the women that I work with, even though I, I work with men too. It's like, yeah, that's really hard. And so one of the key things that I, I talk about is that what you need to do is remind your customers of the value that you bring. And don't assume that they know or don't assume that they remember. And so again, you have to remind them about either what they're what you're adding to them, like maybe you're giving them information that nobody else can give them, or what are you saving them? Are you saving them time or money or something like that? And so you need to get really clear and they need to be really clear because once they see the value, and then you, you know, there's a process you come up with and you let them know 60 days in advance, and you let them know know that there is a price increase, then they're more likely to go, oh, yeah, I get it. It's a price increase and everybody else is increasing their prices. I'm fine with it. But you have to do the work up front and make sure that you don't just assume that they know all this stuff. So true. And I've had to go through that multiple times with some of my clients. And it is it is a little scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> just to, to think about how do I position this in a way that they can see the value because I know I'm bringing it. And I realized that I just you know, speaking about visibility, I wasn't probably talking about it enough. I thought it was pretty apparent, you know, the things that we were doing in the organization. So I have definitely learned and taken my own medicine about how to how to do that in a bigger way. And it's really, it's really worked. And you brought up a really good point. We assume because we're focused on it. Well, it's obvious or the other person should know and all those things that go on in our mind. 
Even if it was obvious two months ago, people are really, really busy. It's a really good idea to remind them and make it. And sometimes I've even said, I know it's obvious or I know you know this, but I want to make sure we're aligned. I want to make sure we're on the same page. And plenty of times it wasn't obvious to them. But by me saying it, it made it okay for me to you know, bring it up. Yeah, I love that. Okay. And the last part I want to talk about in the book is the case studies that you have, because that's where I thought it was really fascinating how you took, you know, the seven pieces and kind of wove those into the case studies. So how did you think about that when you were putting those together? Are those real clients or are they kind of a you know, combination of clients? They were a combination of clients. And what I really thought is, I mean, I, I love books that, you know, have seven tips or five tips or three tips because I'm all about the practical. And I thought, how can I make it even clearer? Because, you know, throughout the, the book, I've got examples and I've got stories and things like that. But I really want to say, okay, when somebody ends up with the book and they think, how do I actually put it all together? I wanted to tell some stories there. And so basically, and in all of the stories, when the person asks for a raise, the manager says maybe or no. So they don't, none of them say yes. And so, so they all have to then sort of bounce back because the fact is we have to learn how to accept no. And one of my rules is no doesn't mean no forever. It means no for right now. And so I really wanted to tell it in a way that was a story. And so people could sort of really understand, okay, step one, I do this. Oh, I, there could be a problem. Step two, I do this. Yeah. So it's really just helping people to understand some options and some possibilities that they might see. Yeah, I did the same in my book. And I think it just, watching someone else walk through a process just makes it easier. So you can see whether or not you want to do something like that or something different. But the thing I thought was interesting about you is you even declared what kind of client they are. Like, I'm an analytical or I'm this kind of client. You know, so it helps somebody f see themselves, right, in that case study specifically. You've also written other books, and I just like to talk about one because I love, love, love the title. So it's called A Salary Cinderella Story or How to Make Money Without a Fairy Godmother. And I just have to tell you a quick little story. I don't know that we've talked about this, but I actually have a whole Cinderella Fairy Godmother piece in my book too. <laughs> so I just thought I didn't even mm -hmm. resonate, like think about that until I was reading the question back to you. I'm like, wait a minute, I did something similar. So... What's the difference between like the book that we were just talking about and kind of having the fictional version of the Cinderella story here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. And so I wrote the, you know, the increase your income because I really like people to have very specific information. And here are seven steps. But I also realized that not everybody likes nonfiction books. They would rather hear a story. And so my co-author and I, and Jill, my co-author, is amazing. We thought it would be fun to come up with a story about three women. And, you know, one woman is unhappy at work and she's also unhappy in her relationship. That's another part of the story. But she's unhappy at work and wants to get a raise and wants to get a promotion, but is too scared to do it. And so we tell her story and her friend's stories throughout the book. Because basically, even though it's the same information, sometimes it's more fun to read it in a story and it's more interesting and you get a more of an impact. So that's why we did it. And that one came out how long ago? That one came out, mm, I think, about three years ago. Three years ago, okay. And then any of your other books that you want to bring up or highlight to the audience that they might be interested in? Well, the other one I wanted to mention is called Why Can't You Communicate Like Me? How Smart Women Get Results at Work. And basically, that's the one where I go through, there's an assessment in the beginning. You answer 20 questions and it helps you to determine which communication style you're most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And then each of the chapters help you to figure out, okay, if you're comfortable this way 
and you work with other people, what you do, do differently. So it's all about helping you to figure out how to be more flexible in communication. Yeah, I mean, all your books are very practical, easy things to take away and start applying right away. And I think people need that, right? There's so much... I don't know, confusion and complexity in the world as it is. Let's just take stuff that's make it easy for people to apply and be able to start to do that quickly. Love that. I know that you're also doing a lot of things with like online training programs around confidence. Tell me a little bit about what those programs are like and how those are working. Absolutely. So I actually have a, a free class on how to get a raise at work. So it actually goes through all the seven oh. steps. So, it, so you can just actually watch it. Um, there's also a, an online class on how to be more confident, a longer online class on how to get a raise at work. So it really goes into a lot of depth in the seven steps. And also I have a class on how to get a higher starting salary at a new job. So if you're looking for a new job, you know, and they're all just in time, you can, you know, do it at your own pace. They're all recorded. So yeah, so if anybody's interested, you can go to careertipsforwomen.com. And also for your audience, if you put visibility in, you can get a 10%. Aww. Yeah, I just wanted to give people a 10% discount. So just, just put visibility in and then you can get a discount on all of the training. Love that. You're welcome. Oh, thank you for that. That's so sweet. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Okay, so there's a lot of things that I think, and I myself have suffered through some of these challenges too, around money stories. What are some of the things that you've done to help maybe the most... I don't know, in-depth money stories that people have inside of them that they struggle with. How have you helped them move past those things? Well, let me tell you a story. So this actually happened, I think this was in December. So I was talking to somebody and she was looking for a new job. And actually this was a friend of a friend. So I was just chatting with her. And I said, you know, you really need to negotiate. And she's like, and literally the look on her face. And she, she, she got like, she got small. Like she saw her hunched over. She's like, is that okay? And I was, yeah, it was really funny because she's very successful. And I was like, not only is it okay, you have to do it. And so it ended up, we just had a conversation about it. And so by using one of the techniques, by using the one I just gave you guys, which is, is there any flexibility? She got an extra $5,000, which was very big for her. And it, that was the only thing she did. And so, so that's one of the things, like answering the question, is it okay? Yes, it's okay. But again, when, when I coach people, I ask people to think about like, what are, what are they telling themselves? And then I always ask them, how true is that? Like if they tell me, well, I don't know that I should make more money or I don't know that I deserve more money. Really, how true is that? And then we, we look at it and I say, is, how is that helping you or hurting you? And then they, you know, they tell me a lot of times, well, that's really not helping me at all. And I say, okay, so what do you, what do you want to change it to? Do you want to take a different action or do you want to think about it differently? And so I'm all about the turnaround. So instead of saying, I don't deserve it, I do deserve more money. Instead of saying, you know, I shouldn't, my, my boss will be mad. My boss will be happy that I've talked to her before I decided to go out and look for another job. So all of those things together help people to look at things a little bit differently. Did you ever struggle with this yourself before, you know, in the beginning? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, so my story is, I mean, I got my courage up. I was, I was only, I don't know, a couple of years into my, into my career. And I asked my boss for a raise and he immediately <laughs> said, no, I mean, he <laughs> shut me down and I was so embarrassed. I don't even remember what happened in the rest of the meeting. I just wanted to crawl under the table and actually I wanted to quit because I was just so embarrassed. But instead what I did is I went back the next day 
and I asked him some questions. And I realized, that's when I realized his answer, I said, why didn't, basically, why didn't you give me a raise? He said, it's not raise time. And that's when I understood, oh, in my company, there are raise times. Yeah, I know, it's, it's silly now. But that started me on my journey. And then actually what happened is I got a great raise a couple of months later because I asked him, well, what do I need to do? He actually was one of my favorite bosses um, and because he taught me so much. And so after that, then I started sharing with other women, like, oh, do you know this? Do you know that? And that started me on the journey. And that started me on, I need to help other women because I didn't know it. And really, I almost quit the job over it. And it made a huge difference for me. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I understand the whole once a year salary thing, but yeah, I, I mean, I just think about my daughter who's just started in corporate and is just figuring out these little corporate things that happen <laughs> and you don't get to see those before you join the company. So she's, she's learning a lot about those things too. That's so cool. So Laura, I have loved everything we've talked about so far. I have a a cool thing that I like to do at the end of every interview, and it's called Rise Up and Be Visible Quick Tips. And so this is kind of a little bit of a rapid fire question and answer if you are up for that. And we'll go with the first one. So the first one is, what is visibility to you? Essential. Can you elaborate a little bit about what that means? Absolutely. That you that we assume that people look at uh, people know what we're doing, but everybody else is really busy. Our bosses are really busy. They have other people. They have other projects. So the fact that we assume that they actually see what's going on, it doesn't work. And so it is absolutely essential that we take action and we make sure that we're visible. By the way, not just to our boss, to our boss's boss, to HR, because I know from being on the other side that when people are up for a raise or a promotion or something else, a lot of times there's a committee. And if they say, hey, I think Laura should get a raise or promotion, and everybody says, who's Laura? It's not going to happen. So other people outside my team, outside my group need to know. So when they say, hey, I think Laura's doing a good job and she deserves a promotion and we want to promote her, everybody says, oh yeah, Laura is amazing. So it is absolutely essential to be visible. I totally agree. I tell people that all the time too, right? You never want to be part of a, uh, you know, a new raise conversation or a potential job opportunity and no one else in the room knows who you are. That's, that's the worst thing in the world. So totally agree. What advice or tip do you have that you could share with the listeners on how you have done things to be visible? Ah, okay, so um, weekly updates with my boss, but weekly updates with value. So the idea is, you know, I, I would say, you know, I did this, I did this, but that's not enough. Um, first of all, my boss, you know, my boss is really busy, so I wanted to let her know. But for example, like if I said I booked a conference that we were going to run, I might say I booked a conference three months early to so we could get discounts on travel, which could save us X amount or save us a percentage. Now my boss knows, oh, I did something really good to save the company money. In addition, because some people might say, oh, you're boasting. But the fact is I did it so my boss could then in her meeting could let her boss know, hey, we just saved the company money because we booked a month earlier than we normally do or something else. So that helped me and that helped her. That's so cool. I I talk about status reports too, just because as you mentioned, you know, everyone's busy. And I think there's assumptions that people, you know, know what you're doing and they don't always do that. Is it any different for you now that you're an entrepreneur? 
Are you, what, how has that been for you? Well, and so what I do sometimes is I give status updates to my clients. So if I have a long-term client, then I'll give them status updates. But yeah, it's, it's a whole lot different because there's no one person that I report to other than me. <laughs> there are a lot of different clients that I have. Yeah, and you're a nice boss, so right? <laughs> Yes, yes, I am. Yes, you are. I always say that I'm a great boss. Okay, so what's the one piece of leadership or career advice that you received that's helped you the most? (laughs) Okay, this one's going to sound funny. So somebody gave me the advice, don't marry your job, just date it. And because early in my career... I stuck with a job way longer than I should have because they're like, oh, they need me and stuff like that. And I realized they didn't need me. And so since then, even though you know I have loved my jobs that I've had, I realized that they could get rid of me at any point and I can leave at any point. And I have to take a look at that and say, is this a job that I want to be in? Is this a job I want to be in right now? Great. And if not, it's okay for me to leave. I need to pick a job that's right for me. So date it, don't marry it. <laughs> I love that. That's and it's such a great thing to say to someone and they get it, right? It doesn't doesn't take any conversation to explain that one. Nope. Okay. Any books that you've read? Uh, I know we've talked about your own books, but any other books that you've read that you would recommend to the listeners? Well, wait, you mean besides the visibility factor, which is one of my favorite books? Oh my goodness. No, if, if your oh, listeners haven't, so haven't read it, which they should, <laughs> then yeah, I highly recommend it because I, I love it. Um, okay, outside of that, I, I will tell you another book, and it's, it's on a totally different topic than what I write about. Um, and it's a couple of years old. It's called The Happiness Advantage by uh, Sean Acor, I think. And it is amazing. And to me, I mean, we spend a lot of our lives working. And so it talks about basically seven, you know, seven different things you can do to be happier. And so I have put some of those things in my life, even things as simple as every morning, I write down three things, three different things that I'm grateful for. And that book has helped me to be more grateful at work and at home. Yeah. So, so it Creating new habits, would it be something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's creating new habits. And one of the big ones is always looking for the positive. So this, so many bad things happen to us and we can get sucked into the bad stuff or we can look for, well, I learned something because sometimes things are bad, but I did learn something. Yes. I am never doing that again. That's good. And especially, I mean, there's just a lot of negativity and a lot of you know tough things happening in the world right now. So... Trying to find the good and look for the good, I think, can just help us kind of balance some of that out and hopefully not have to pay attention so much to that. Um, is there anything coming up I that agree. you're doing that you'd like to share with the listeners? Really, right now, well, right now I'm working on a, a new book, but it won't be out till probably next year. Um, and it's a book on happiness. Um, so it's called A Sunny Cinderella Story instead of A Salary Cinderella Story. And it, it's, again, it takes the, uh, the three basic, the three characters through some difficult times. The other thing I'm working on is just some new training courses, but I, I'm not going to announce them yet because they, they haven't been finished. But yeah, so just new training. Okay, amazing. Well, if you want to share the links on any of those things with us, I'll put them in the show notes for everybody so that they have them. Um, I also have a lot of her social media information, but is there any specific place that you like people to reach out to you? Ah, yeah, so I suggest that they go to my website, Career Tips for Women. And so I've got information about my courses. I've got other information on there and they can just reach me through that. They can send me a message. 
And anybody who's in the Phoenix area who might be listening, you know, yes. she does a lot of things with Elevate. Mm -hmm. uh, that's actually how we met. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just a great organization. And I know that you're you're doing a lot of things to help them from a career standpoint. A lot of women who are struggling with how to take the next step and, and what you're doing is helping them with that. So that's amazing work that you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, I think Elevate, it, I mean, it's an international organization for women and I think it's just awesome. And I've met wonderful people like you through Elevate. So yes. We have, yeah, we have a whole group of people that we just, you know, sometimes still connect mm -hmm. with, which is great. And my other Elevate group I was part of, we still meet once oh, a month. So awesome. yeah, it's just, it's really kind of mm -hmm. cool how we do that and just stay together and support each other. I think that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Laura. I have totally enjoyed this conversation and I know the listeners are going to take away a lot of great tips from what you've offered. And if anyone's looking to negotiate a salary, ask for a raise, make sure you get her book, um, any one of her 10 books on communication or <laughs> depending on what you're trying to do, she's got a book for you. Uh, so thank you so much for being here, Laura. It's been amazing. Oh, thank you so much. This was wonderful. And it's just great to see you again. You too. You too. Thank you everybody for joining us today on this episode of The Visibility Factor. We'll talk to you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to The Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.